0: Well, church, I have a story from the farm. Uh, A week or so ago, we have... I had a little experience with a cow. So, as you know, we're playing the cow game. And so we have bred cows. And it is... uh, Well, they've been having their calves. And everything has been going great. And so what happens with cows... I mean, I know a lot of you already know this. But if you're new or if you're listening from California where no one has a cow... Um, this is what happens, is that you have the, your small little herd, or a big herd, and as long as all the cows are together, you're good. But if one cow is randomly off by herself, it probably means she's getting ready to have a calf, or she just had a calf. And so we were checking cows, and I looked, and I saw one cow by itself down in this little creek, and or right by this little creek, And I noticed that something didn't seem right, like she hadn't had the calf yet, but it was an older cow, and so she shouldn't have had any trouble, but yet she was having trouble. So, what did I do? I called Justin Houston. He is my buddy, and he knows everything about cows, and you know that his dad knows about cows, and his family are all about cows, and these guys know everything about cows. So I said, Justin man, what do I do? This does not look good, but I don't know. I don't know if she'd been trying to have this cow for two hours or 20 minutes. He said, well, I'll be right over. So he comes over and he analyzes and he says, I think we need to pull that calf. So, Here's what we did is uh, we were down in these woods and so back and forth this cow walks this way and we have a rope this way and then the cow goes this way and we walk this way and then we're walking all around. We're trying to get this cow with a rope on her so we could get her to a tree so then he could hook up everything to pull this calf. It was very comical. I mean, he was totally good, and I, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. And I brought uh, Nathan. He's our cowman at the house. And so we're trying to figure this out. And then finally Justin just walks up. He, like, puts it over her. We get her on a tree, and then he goes to hooking up his equipment. Amen. Praise God for the equipment. And so what happens is he gets ready, and he's pulling this calf. And I'm telling you what. The cows are from Justin. We bought them from him. He must have bred this cow to a rhinoceros because this was the biggest calf. He said in all of his years, this was the the top five. It was in the top five of the largest calves he's ever seen. So normally you want a calf around... 50 to 60 pounds, this was an 80 plus pound calf, probably even bigger than that. We have a picture, I was—I should have got it, but I tried to pick it up, and I was only able to go from here to there, and then me and Ben, he's holding the front of the calf, and I'm holding the back of the calf while we're walking, trying to get it to a better spot. So here's the whole point of this, is, man, praise God for neighbors, I mean, here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22. The Bible says, this is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So it's love God number one, and then love your neighbor. Now, here's the thing. In Proverbs chapter 27, 10, the second part of that is better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. And I'll tell you what, these verses meant so much to me because Justin showed so much love for us because he did exactly what he would want someone to do to him. Man, he loved his neighbor as himself. And man, praise God that he was able to come help us. So if you have great neighbors or if you are a great neighbor, praise God for you. If you have your Bibles, open to 1 Timothy chapter 5, we are in verses 1 through 16, for a message entitled, How to Treat Widows. How to Treat Widows. Now, raise your hand if you have a mom. All right, all right. Uh, maybe I should say living mom. Raise your, hand if you have a living, raise your hand if you have a living grandma. Okay, hands down. Raise your hands if you are a mom or a living grandma. Okay, perfect. This message is for you. This message is for you. So the beautiful thing about God's word is that it is extremely practical. So obviously, there's the huge answers of how do we get right with God? What do we need to do in order to have our sins forgiven? God has showed us that in his word. But then it gets really, really practical as in how we are to treat widows. How we're to treat widows. So let's look at God's word, but first let me pray. Lord, we just ask that you would help us to understand your word and that we would apply it to our lives. Lord, help us to be pleasing to you in how we treat widows, Lord, in the church and in our families. We love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look in verse 1, verse 1. So what we want to do is we're going to break down 1 to 16. But first, it doesn't, it's not talking about widows, the first part, but it's talking about how the pastor is to relate to those in the church. So look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father... "...younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity." Now, I'm going to read two other translations so we can get an overall picture. That was the ESV. The NIV says this, "...do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity." The NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, and to the young younger men as brothers, to the older women as mothers, and to the younger women as sisters, and all So here's what Paul is instructing Timothy in the church is that, see here's the thing, is that the pastor is supposed to relay God's messages to God's people. And what God is requiring of the pastor is he's not to rebuke them sharply or harshly. So when a pastor has to go to an older man in the church on, on god 's commands if something if, a, if an older man in the church is in sin, the Bible says this listen pastor, you're to go to that older man so you are to go, but you're to go gently you're to go encouraging him it's like he's your dad and you're really careful to make sure you honor and respect him, but yet you are still supposed to bring the correction and then it, and, and then look how we're supposed to encourage Young men and older women and other like ladies that are around my same age, I'm to treat as my sisters in all purity. So the pastor is supposed to relate to his congregation in a way that pleases God. It does not please God if the pastor is harsh with God's sheep. But God does require the pastor in love and gentleness, to come to the flock and tell them, hey, this is what your God is commanding of you. And so we're to do it gently and in love, hoping that they'll turn and follow the Lord's commands. Look at verse three. It says, honor widows who are truly widows. So the question is, what is a widow? What is a widow? Well, a widow is a woman with no husband. So a widow is a woman with no husband. So look at verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Okay, so here's the point. If a widow has children or grandchildren, they are to care for their widowed mom or grandma that's what God's word is telling us so imagine this uh, you become a widow the Bible instructs Christians that they are to your kids or your grandkids are to care for you so if you're a if you're a mom and you become a widow and you don't have any kids for so for whatever reason maybe they've passed away or maybe you know I don't know what the scenario would be, but I guess if they passed away, then you're to look to the grandkids to take care of you, and that is a biblical principle. Now, we'll see this. Um, I saw this modeled in my, uh, in, my, in my grandma Betty with her mom, my great-grandma Mary. So what would happen is my grandma Betty would love and serve and take care of her, her a mom. And now what's happening is that that example that my grandma Betty set for her kids, one of her kids, my aunt Carol, is doing the same thing for my grandma Betty. I mean, they are like best buds. They She takes her to the normal doctor's visits and stuff like that, but also she provides this amazing care and companionship to my grandma Betty. I mean, these ladies are traveling all over the world. It's all because my Aunt Carol loves her mom, who's widowed. See, my grandpa died in his late 70s of cancer, and now my grandma is in her 90s. And for all those years, my Aunt Carol has been loving and serving her mom. But guess what? Look at the example that she had. Because my Aunt Carol's mom, Grandma Betty, did the same thing to her mom. It was a beautiful example of what goes around, comes around. And what Paul is instructing Timothy is this, is that when your kids were little, you took care of them, and now you can expect there's a repayment when you are older for your kids taking care of you. So... All of us kids who have moms and grandmothers, we want to make sure that we're in a position to be able to provide care to our widowed mom or our widowed grandmother. Look at verse 5. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. So here's the point. She who is truly a widow is left all alone. So in this passage, God's concern here is for the woman that has been left all alone. So think about that. You have a lady who has been left all alone in this world. And God has given us instruction on how we are to treat them. Look at verse 7. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Okay. So this first section is about us, Christians working with widows in our own households. The next section is going to be us on how we address widows in the church. But what the Bible is saying is saying something very, very serious. and It's saying this, that we Christians should have a level of care for widows no matter what. Okay, so there's not a lot of stipulations on, uh, on the widow of your family. The Bible says this, that you should provide for your family. Let me read to you verse 8 again. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith, faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, so let that sink in. See, here's the thing. I was reading one commentator, and he brought up just two amazing good points. He said, when Jesus Christ was on the cross, the two people that he spoke to was the other thief on the cross that was dying. And he said, verily, verily, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise today. And then he said to John, behold, your mother, take care of her. And so think about this. Jesus is telling this person that he's saved and he cares about his widowed mother. He's saying, John, take care of her. This is really, really important in the eyes of God. And so we want to be a people that make sure we take care of the widows in our family and especially the widows in our own household. Now look at verse um. 9. Look at verse 9. Let a widow be enrolled. Okay, so here's what happens now. Is that Paul addressed widows in your own house, and now he's addressing the widows of the church. Okay, so... Understand there's a transition. So that first section is, okay, so me as a Christian, I need to make sure I care for the widows in my own house, not just my, my mother-in-law and my own mom, but also I got to think about my grandmother or my great-grandmother if there's no one to take care of them as well. So that is something that is my responsibility as a Christian. But now what God is going to do is he's going to tell the church their responsibility. So us, what is our responsibility to widows? So you might be thinking of, oh, I know a widow in our church. Or I know know a widow that qualifies. So here's the thing. If someone comes to us in the church and they say, I'm a widow and I need help. We have God's word to look at to make sure that we enroll a qualifying widow. It doesn't mean that we enroll any widow because now we're being disobedient to what God has said but we are to enroll qualified widows. Now let's read verse 9 let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works if she has brought up children and has shown hospitality has washed the feet of the saints has cared for the afflicted and has devoted herself to every good work. Now, let's first focus on let a widow be enrolled. So what that means is it seems like there was an enrollment period or there's an enrollment for widows who qualified to be cared for by the church. Cared for as in loved on, but also financially cared for. Okay? Now, it doesn't spell out a lot of detail of how much money we should give a widow. It doesn't, it doesn't spell out a lot, but it does say this, is that the church is responsible to the widows in its congregation if there's no one in their family to take care of them. And so you think about this. Oh, wait a minute. We've got to look at our church budget. Do we have a budget for widows? We've got to start thinking, is there any widows that are not taken care of. And what this talks about is someone who is destitute, someone who has no family member to take care of them, and they don't have any financial means of taking care of themselves. Now, this was a lot more prevalent back then where it was very hard for a older woman to provide for herself. And so it might not be as prevalent today, but we sure wanna make sure that we're a church that is caring for the widows of the congregation, that qualify. Now, qualifications for a church to, be, to support a widow. So below are the qualifications for enrollment. This is important because if someone in our church is a widow, this text is what we will use to determine if they're able to be supported by the church. So if you come to a business meeting and you said, I've got something uh, I've got to bring up. There's someone in our church that's a widow and we need to support her. Everyone should know they're going to grab their Bibles, they're going to open to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and they'll say, okay, let's, let's go through the list and see if she qualifies, because she, she does. Absolutely, we want to put her on the enrollment, and we want to help support her. First, she must be 60 years or older. She must be 60 years or older. Second, she must have been faithful to her husband. See, we saw in in 1 Timothy chapter 3, a one-woman man, that's the qualifications for an elder, a one-woman man, this is a one-woman man. As in, she was totally focused on her husband. That's the point. So, she must have been faithful to her husband. And it says, having a reputation for good works. If she was, has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. This is a woman that is all about loving people. She is wholly devoted. She is a humble, loving woman. That's who qualifies. Must be 60 years or older. Must have been faithful to her husband. And must have been a woman that was a, about God's business. That's who qualifies. And so there shouldn't be really any um, contention amongst the members of the church when if someone says, yeah, we want to come and we want to bring this woman. Okay, she's a widow. Okay, How old she is she? She's 36. Well, the Bible clearly says that a church is not sup- supposed to support a 36-year-old woman. We're going to continue to see that. But it does mean that, the, the, that her family is supposed to step in and help support her. So you see the first part of 1 Timothy chapter 5 is for the family. The second part is for the church. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. But refuse to enroll younger widows. So if that 37-year-old was brought into our business meeting and we said, um, should we support her? The Bible tells us to refuse to enroll younger widows. It's not because God doesn't love younger widows, But he clearly says right here, For when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So the Bible says this, Refuse to enroll younger widows. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to get married. So it says, look at that part, for their passions draw them away from Christ, the desire to marry, and so incur condemnation. So here's what we're seeing with this passage. It seems like what happened was when the church supported a widow over 60 years old, there was a commitment that she would remain unmarried and wholly devoted to Christ and his church. That's what we see in the text. Because it's not a sin for a woman to remarry, but here it's saying this, is that she would incur condemnation having abandoned their former faith, as in not losing their salvation, but a younger woman when she has a desire to be married, and if she took a... A, uh, a commitment before the church saying, I won't get remarried, but I'll stay focused on Christ in this church. It's setting her up for failure. And so what the Bible is saying, don't enroll a younger woman into the widow program of the church. Encourage her to get married. Look at verse 14. So I would have younger widows to marry, bear children, Manage their households and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. So a younger widow comes. She says, you know, this is what happened. My husband passed away. She's 37 years old. The biblical thing to do is to encourage her to find a husband. Now, it has to be someone that could get remarried because there's qualifications for a man if he's been married before and divorced. There's times where he can get remarried and there's times where he cannot get remarried based on scripture. And so she's to find a man that she can biblically marry and to get married. And it says this, she's to bear children, manage her household, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. And so you say, you know what, I'm not exactly sure. I've got a family member. She's come to me. She's now widowed. I don't know, is it right for me to encourage her to get married? It is right because God's word says that it's right. 1 Timothy 5.16 says this, If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows? Isn't God's word beautiful? Isn't this so clear? Because here's the thing: when we get into a members' meeting and we're talking about how to spend God's money, sometimes you know things are very subjective. Should we spend it on a new playground? Should we not spend it on a new playground? Should we put you know new lamps in the church? Should we not? And sometimes there can be a difference in of opinion. But things like this that are clearly spelled out, this is given to us so that there is no divisiveness in the church. Because I could look like a terrible person if you came to me and said, hey, I'd like to enroll my sister in our widow program. And I said, okay, can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, she's 29. Her husband got killed in a car accident. And if I say, you know what, the Bible actually says we can't enroll her. My hope is that the congregation would look at her and say, you know what, we love you, but you need to get remarried. That is a good thing for you to do. And so my hope is that we would all come together and we would use God's word to make our decisions. God's word should be at the forefront of every decision that we make in this church. Every financial decision that we make in this church. In prudence on how we do things, we want to search scripture on how we do church. Because, saints, here's the thing. This is God's church. This is God's church. And, man, I will tell you this. It feels good knowing that it's God's church. Because he's the one that supports it. He's the one that takes care of us all. We're all his sheep. And I hope you feel comforted. I hope you feel encouraged that if you are a widow, knowing that you have a God that loves you and he has a safety net for you. And he says this, I have commanded your family members to take care of you. And then he says this, if you have no family and if you truly are a widow and you meet these qualifications, I've commanded my church to take care of you. And so my hope is that you leave here thinking, okay, man, that's awesome. God loves me. God loves me. And think about when he's on the cross, what is on his mind is his mom. He cares about his mom. And he says, John, take care of my mom. Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us. Father, let us be a people that obey your word. Father, I pray that this would be a church that is able in every way to support the qualifying widow in our midst. And Father, let us treasure them like you do. Let us care for them like you do. Let us support them like you want us to do. Father, not just in financial means, but also in relational means, inviting them to be a part of our lives. Lord, I thank you for a church that does that. I thank you for a church that loves the widows in their family. That I pray that you would continue to strengthen us, Lord. I pray that we would all be in positions to be able to take care of widows in our own household. That we would be financially able to do that. That you would bless us. And, Lord, as you do, we would understand that blessing is to go to take care of the widow in our family. Lord, you are so good to us. You're patient and you're kind. Father, let us be a church that obeys your commandments. Father, I pray you would just guide us in all things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you'll stand with me, this is our time of response. I invite you to respond.